Welcome to the Barbarian Hour podcast, where we conquer the impossible. The Barbarian Hour podcast is presented by Barbarian Apparel. Here is Jared Opfer and Zeb Miller. Are you ready? All right. So today we've got on the Barbarian Hour, Jeremy Johnson, the former head coach of the Avon Eagles. Is that correct? Yes, sir. How many been, years uh, at Avon? For five years. Five years uh, at Avon? Seven total. Actually, okay. seven total, five as a head coach. So seven years total, and then you spent a year at Virginia Tech as well, correct? Yes. Yep. Did you get a graduate degree from Virginia Tech? No, so it was kind of weird. They didn't have the – I was kind of late to the party on admissions, so I just actually got into Radford University, which is right down the road from uh, – right down the road from there in Blacksburg. So I was able to take, um, I think a semester or 15 credit hours there. I didn't fully get my, my master's um, there, but I eventually ended up getting those uh, credits transferred to Ashland University um, here when I moved up here. So you, did you, did you have a graduate degree from Ashland then now? Yep. All right, man, things are starting to roll. Uh, Jeremy coached the, the uh, Ohio division one coach of the year last year, right? Uh, 2019, yeah, 2019. 19, but for COVID, didn't they push it forward or something crazy like that? They might have. I, I think I got the award uh, the next year. Yeah, um, okay. So 2019 Coach of the Year, and then that was – you would have got it in 2020, but the, the tournament got canceled. Yep. So yeah, was, uh, that was why it year, seemed man. like it was, like, more recent than 2019. And uh, so at Avon, you had how many state placers as the head coach? We had um, total. Yeah. Um, I would say, well, that COVID year kind of was, it was an interesting year. I think we would have had a few place there, but um, I would say seven or eight uh, state placers, uh, state finalists, Jack Resch, and uh, um, just a, a few. So I think uh, Jordan Greer was a state placer. Jack Resch was a state placer. Kale Saxon was a couple times state placer. Um, and then Mason Bigham was also a state placer. So you guys had a pretty good run while you were at Avon. Yes, yeah, yeah. We had a, we had some good years here. You're currently at Avon now. That's like you're currently at Avon. You're in your classroom. What do you actually yeah. teach at Avon? I am a, a ninth grade intervention specialist. So I have a, a resource room math class, and I co-teach a few classes uh, out and about. Okay. So I, I know you're a history that. guy. So I'm in world history. So oh, are you? Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a history guy. But I'm actually yeah. changed over to uh, – I've jumped over this year to uh, career-based intervention, CDI. I don't know if oh, you guys awesome. had that. Um, you had OWA, OWE, right uh, – they might have dropped it right when you graduated high school. Because are you a 2009 grad of high school? Yep. So you're 09. Also, you were state champ for Todd Haverdale at Brexville. Mm -hmm. And then you won Fargo and freestyle right as a senior yep i was a yeah that's that summer i actually um went out to fargo and um it actually took some convincing to to get me out there um harrow pretty much had to convince me to go out to fargo i was kind of um all bought in and just training and uh actually had this illusion that i was going to be on the north south football and the north north south football game um and he pretty much convinced me after school one day to go up to the regional. I think it was up in Michigan. We were, I mean, school had just ended. I was in the weight room and uh, he's like, Hey, 
this is your last chance. I know you're not going to freestyle state. This is your last chance to, to make the Fargo team. Um, you know, you could say no later, but it, it, it's really a good idea for you to go and, and whatnot. I said, dude, I don't even have any of my stuff on my shoes. I don't have anything. He's like, we'll get it all taken care of. Just pop in the van. Um, and the, the rest is history. I ended up, um, qualifying through the regional and then, um, just that decided to go in all in on Fargo. Did you even win the regional? I think I did. Yeah, I think I, I did win the regional, but um, definitely was not like training like I was ready for the regional. It kind of gave me that wake up call I needed. Well, what's crazy about you is, is a lot of your stuff, like your style was motor. You won with motor. Yeah. You won with like, uh, you know, a thousand pricks, you know, pin pricks, right? A thousand pin pricks. You just kept yeah. taking and taking and taking and taking ground and moving and hand fighting and just wrestling really hard. That was your, yeah. that's your style. And, to take that away from you, that had to be really hard. Did you feel like fish out of water a little bit at that situation when you went to that regional? Yeah, a little bit, but, um, you know, I, I, it's not like I wasn't doing anything, but um, definitely um, was a wake-up call for me to, um, you know, start getting back into the flow of training again. So you, when you won Fargo, who'd you beat in the finals? I wrestled uh, Kettler from uh, Minnesota. Kettler? Okay. He went on to wrestle. He was a backup at Minnesota, and then he transferred, and he was a George Mason, couple-time national qualifier, I believe. Okay. And then who? anybody big in the quarters or semis or anything at, at Fargo? Um, I believe it was it was during that pool before they went to brackets. You were in that those two pools. Yeah. Um, I might have wrestled a few guys. I know Tony Nelson was at the weight class below me. Uh, he was at 215 or 220 that year. So um, we didn't get to wrestle each other, but um, – there was a few guys that were, that were in that weight class. Um, you know, I, I'm sure you can ask Haverhill and he'd be able to list like three or four of them. You don't even I, know. I mean, That's what's beautiful about it. You don't even know. It's like a wrestling encyclopedia, you know? Yes. Okay. I will mention this. Your first year, you all American for Ohio university for seventh and eighth. You did beat Gwizdowski. That is correct. Yes. I did. Yeah. I wrestled Nick uh, for seventh and eighth. Um, and I make a little joke. I, I, I beat um, all the really good guys at the wrong time. So, um, you know, I wrestled Nick. He was a freshman. And, um, you know, I went on to wrestle him a few more times in college. And he got the better of me those times. But, you know, I, I still got one in the, in the win column. So that was when he was at Binghamton, right? Yep, it's right before he transferred. Okay, because it was when Papalizio was the head coach at Binghamton. And when he left, Guzdowski uh, went with him to NC State. Yep. I love it. What was the score? Do you remember? Uh, it was pretty high scoring. I, I just remember us going back and forth for a while. And I think I opened it up to winning by like six. So, um, okay. Yeah. Did you recently see in like the last month and a half, I posted your post all American, the second time you all American for, for Greenlit OU. I posted your post match going, coming back out of the arena into the back hallway. Who did you beat in the round of 12 that year? That was, uh, I wrestled Adam Kuhn from Michigan. That was a, a big time match. Um, man, that was, a, I watched it again. It just uh, gives chills, you know, just that's a special moment um, that I'll uh, remember and cherish forever just because so much went into that. Um, but yeah, it was really, really cool to, to kind of watch that again. Dude, you beat Kuhn in the round of 12 and you beat Wisdowski for seventh and eighth. Yep. Do you think and any then, of your students or any of the guys you coached know that? I think they do now that they, they look up videos. Um, they've oh looked God. up videos and stuff of me. Um, um, 
in in the past. But yeah, I think I think a few of them know they want to watch the match, but um, I really don't have it. So I've been trying to get Greenlee to send me that match. But you oh know, my he's, god, he's, dude, those are Greenlee too- probably sent it on the Pony Express. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are behind. It, listen, when you go to Athens, does it feel like you're stepping back in time? It does. It does. But um, you know the. A lot of good memories there um but yeah it, just the hills and i just love that area the, so so many hills so many so many things to do outside there why come back to northeast ohio right like you're from brexville are you from broadview heights or brexville broadview heights yep so you're from broadview heights you went to broadview heights brexville why come back yep. to northeast ohio so they're they're like this when todd leaves i'm gonna take over idea or there's not as much wrestling in south East Ohio is there is here. Why, why, why leave that area if you like that area so much? Well, I just think it's comfortability. Families up here. Um, you know, I do love it up here in Northeast Ohio. Um, I don't think I could live down in Athens or down in that area. You know, it's, it's a cool place to go visit, but I, I like, you know, me, I'm a people person. I like to be around people. And, um, it's funny when I was down at Virginia tech, you know, um, I was down there for that year and had a great year, had a great experience. And, um, kind of came to a crossroad in my life where my, where my uh, girlfriend, my, my wife, um, had gotten an internship at the Cleveland Clinic, and that internship had turned into a job. And um, so I kind of had to make a decision wh- where I wanted to go with things. And, um, you know, going home was always in the back of my mind. Coming back, to, um, you know, to, to coach where I'm from has always been in the back of my mind. Um, so I started applying for jobs up here. Um, and I'll tell you what, I took like six, seven interviews before I actually landed the position in Avon um, to get hired here as an intervention specialist. And um, um, I, I call it fate. I, I think it's meant to be um, kind of a believer in those things. But um, then I landed this job and I've been happy. So you get that job, right? You have a lot of success there. And, I, you know, I always knew that other people were trying to get you. I know Eric Burnett wanted to get you really bad at Elyria. I know he would always talk about he wanted you to be, you know, oh, man, I want to get the J train. I want Jeremy Johnson. He's a he's a great guy. I love him. You know Eric Burnett, man. That guy's the best, yeah. right? Yeah. So so eventually, you know, you start putting feelers out there, and then do people recruit you when they see that you're the coach of the year, you're a young guy? Does that how it starts to work? You know, we got a young 30-something guy here. He's the Ohio coach of the year. We know he can coach. Obviously, you know, you're a two-time All-American. You're a state champ. You're a Fargo champ. You've won it all. You've been there. You've done that. You're a humble guy. You're a teacher. How does the process begin? Because now you're at Aurora. You were just approved as the head coach at Aurora. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. How does the process Um, go? Well, you know, to be honest, this year I really wasn't even looking. You know, I we just uh, just had our our, our first first child here in uh, January. Congratulations. I really – Thank you. I really wasn't looking for a, a career move. I, I think, you know, this is, um, I had the Aurora athletic director reach out to me about a month, month ago, um, just kind of seeing where I was at. And, you know, they had mentioned that they, they wanted to, to, because to, uh, coach Riba retired. So they were looking for a replacement. They wanted to get somebody who was in the school and, um, you know, in the back of my mind, I've always, said, never turn down an opportunity, never turn down, um, you know, just a, just a moment to hear somebody out. Um, so I decided to take the interview. And at the same time, um, 
a re they had a, a an elementary school position open and i to be honest with you i was not on board with teaching elementary um so something had happened where the middle school intervention specialist had um decided to move down to the elementary school position i think it worked better for his family and and a seventh grade intervention specialist position opened up and that's where i was at here for my first five years name on i taught seventh grade um so i have uh, i'm comfortable in that position and um you know the, the process went um pretty fast in my opinion you know i took an interview took another one and by that point it was it was pretty much offered to me um and then i had to sit down and make a decision which was probably the the hardest part um, because man you the relationships I've built here in Avon with, you know, you know, the administration I work for, my coworkers, my assistant coaches, and most importantly, the kids, man, it, it was uh, it was a tough decision to make. You know, those kids, you know, Avon has bought into to a lot of the, the things that I wanted to implement here. And uh, it was a tough decision. So you, you interview, things move fast. What are the conversations like with your wife, right? First off, where's your wife from? She's from Parma. She went to Normandy. So your wife's an invader. She's an invader, yeah. Wait a minute. Didn't you wrestle the Normandy guy at state? Didn't you wrestle? Uh, Meter was from Valley Forge. Valley Forge. Meter. And is Meter, whatever, did Meter play college football? Yeah, he ended up playing for the Cleveland Browns as well. Yeah. For a couple of years. Yeah, Meter, Meter made the NFL. I remember that. Man, there were yeah. a bunch of guys right around that area who were NFL guys, who were heavyweight guys. I know Jermail Porter yeah. played some practice squad. He's a little older than you, but I know that there was some other. Tony Johnson did. Uh, he's older than you, but he did. Um, he played for Iowa State. He did MMA. But so your wife's an invader. She's from Parma. So the Northeast yeah. Ohio thing just made sense, right? Yes. You're from here. She's right. from here. Did you and your wife date in high school, or did you meet in Athens? We met in Athens. We actually um, uh, we met through mutual friends, and we started dating while well, long distance. She. Um, she went up, her undergrad was at Fredonia State University up in, near Buffalo, New York. No um, way. Yeah, so she swam up there. She was a Division three school. She swam up there, and um, we just met through mutual friends and started dating throughout the summertime while I was home and she was home. Um, and then eventually, since I redshirted, I had an extra year at Athens. She graduated in four and decided to pursue her master's at Ohio U. Um, so she came down there for that final year. Um, and then I decided to go to Virginia Tech go a little bit further away. Um, and she went up to Cleveland um, to take that internship. So, yeah, I would say we started dating probably my That's second, amazing. Yeah, second or third year in, in college. Yeah. And you're, you're like a guy who was so do dedicated to it, right? Like, you, no one, everyone you ever talked to about Jeremy Johnson, the J train, hardest worker, hardest worker in the room. Hardest worker in the room, hardest worker in the weight room, runs the th hardest on all the runs, maybe not the fastest, but runs the hardest, right? Like, where does the work ethic come from, man? Like, and, 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 and how do you make time for, you know, someone who's pretty focused like you are, how do you make time for a long distance relationship? Your girlfriend eventually moves in or moves down to where you are. You know, how do you keep everything straight and how do you, how are you so regimented and where does your work ethic come from? I think it just comes from humble beginnings, you know, in the beginning, um, I started wrestling in eighth grade. Um, you know, I, I came from, um, you know, I came from a family who, um, and who 
to be honest with you, I don't have, I didn't grow up with too many great role models in my life. So a lot of the great role models in my life were teachers, coaches, mentors. Um, so, um, what, what I really just did is, um, and I'm truly grateful just for all the mentors in my life, coaches in my life, um, just buying into what they were telling me that be the hardest worker in the room, be the first one on time, be the last one to leave. And, you know, those things are all cliches. They're all corny things to say, but, um, they're all true and they're all real in the sport of wrestling. You can get by so much with just work ethic. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, how athletic you are, how strong you are. If you have a great work ethic, you know, a, a lot can happen. And you see it not only with this story, you see it across the nation every year, guys in national tournaments who, who never want to stay title, but now they're all Americans. And you, know, you see it all the time. You see upsets, you see, it's just craziness. And uh, I think just stems back to, to, to hard work. Okay. So now as a, as a role model yourself, right? Like what do you try and be that maybe you didn't have, right? Um, I don't know if your dad was in your life. I don't know if you had aunt or, you know, uncles in your life. I don't know who was in your life and who wasn't in your life. Who raised you? So I grew up, uh, my parents were divorced um, early on, probably when I was like four or five years old. Um, they'll probably correct me on that. Um, so they ended up splitting up. So I ended up living with my mom um, in Broadview Heights in a, a two, two, three bedroom apartment um, with my mom and my sister. Um, so my dad lived over on the east side. And then when I was 12 or 13, he moved to Missouri. Um, uh, he had met, um, he had remarried. He had went out to Missouri. And um, um, from then on, I, I hung out with a lot of my family uh, from my mother's side of the family. Um, and then just, um, decided to go through college. Now, my dad and I have a great relationship now. We've, uh, we've really built that great relationship back and, uh, he's a part of my life. And most importantly, he's a part of my, my kid's life, which, um, is most important to me. Did he come back from Missouri? Is he still in Missouri? He's still there, but I tell you what, he was the first one in the, that wanted to come see the baby. And we kind of had to tell him, Hey dude, there's a snowstorm going on. So you need to chill out because, um, you know, and I, of course we gave birth or my wife gave birth to our child when uh, there was a huge snowstorm that rolled through. So, um, but he was definitely up here and uh, he's coming back up in July and just making a lot more appearances. See, a lot of people couldn't bridge that. You know what I mean? They, they would just be, they would be better. Their dad moved away. They feel like they got abandoned, right? For you, that yeah. just kind of speaks to the type of guy you are that now you want your dad in your, your daughter's life because he's in a different position in life. Like that's just the type of guy you are. Like, there oh, you yeah. go. That's that, that kind of epitomizes who you are. Most people be better, man. Yeah. I, I would say I was for a little bit, but I mean, you know, you grow up, you mature, you, you start, um, you start um, navigating through life yourself and you start to realize, man, life is kind of hard. There are some challenges that you need to face. I remember we had this guy, Zach Stokem. Were you guys the same age? Were you and Zach Stokem the same age? It didn't look like it because he had a huge beard and he was chiseled. And me, I'm, I, I could barely grow facial hair and I always wanted to wear a shirt. Dude, he would, <laughs> he would grab you and like manhandle you. And I think yeah. he crushed you a couple times, right? Oh, man. It, it wasn't even competitive. Dude, he um, would like, he would hurt. Luckily, like I thought he was going to hurt you. Yeah, and oh Hammer would say, hey. Zach, you and Zach are going to get together again. I'm like, man, like, why? I'm like, 
does this guy just want to, you know, feel good about himself? And uh, <laughs> so know. he would smash you. And that was when I like yeah. first, I remember you guys were like ninth graders and we were at Elyria. I remember when you finally turned the corner on him, he got tired one day and you just, you J trained him, dude. You just got him yeah. real tired, really, really, really tired. And I was, I remember the first time you beat him and I was so mad. I'm like, you let that, what did I call you? The, the dough boy or dough ball or something. I was like, you let that dough boy beat you. I was so mad. I'm like, you kill that guy every time. And it was just you chopping wood, man. It was you chopping wood. And I don't know. Our guy just wasn't doing what you were doing. You know what I mean? You Brexville program, man. I mean, yeah, you're a great program. I mean, come, you know that. Great program. And they, they really develop and, you know, you see programs all over the country that really just focus on, you know, their best kids. Um, Man, if they would have done that at Brexville, I think I would have got lost in the radar. They really took time in developing me. Um, and I don't think they I don't think they ever thought, you know, winning a state title going to college was, you know, possible for me. I don't know. I'd have, I would have to ask that serious question. But um, they really put time in and um, gave me opportunities in the offseason. And, man, it just flourished. So that's what I try and do, you know, as a coach now, just offer opportunities. And, um Cause you never know who's going to be that diamond in the rough, you know, that next J train. I like to say, yeah, <laughs> seriously, man. I mean, so it was Todd. Todd was on the staff. Was Frito on the staff? Who was all on the staff when you were at Brexville? Who were your coaches? Uh, it was, yeah, it was Frito. Um, Ryan Logan, T-Bone was on staff. Um, and then uh, Kevin McPherson was helping out a little bit. Cause, um, cause Nick McPherson was on our team. And right, that's and Riley's dad, right? What's that? Is that Riley's dad? That's Riley's dad, yeah. Yeah, he's a nice guy. That guy's a good now. dude. Yeah, what makes me feel so old now, I go up there for freestyle practice on Mondays, and Riley's in high school. And, like, dude, I used to go over to McPherson's house, and he'd be in a high chair. That's so like, wild. Like, dude, it's, it's it goes so quick. Now. I remember you were uh, butterball getting smashed by Zach Stokem. How old, how old do you think I feel? True, true, true. Dude, he would – uh, I was thought he was going to hurt you. Yeah, I was like yeah. worried. And then when you turn the corner on him, I'm like, this guy's a worker, dude. This guy is. Yeah. And then one summer, I think I coached you in cadets or something, right? Yeah. I was like, this guy that... won't go away. This guy won't go yeah. away. I don't want to wrestle this guy anymore. I don't want to wrestle this guy. He won't go away. He's, he's picking. Yeah, he's man. picking. He's picking. Did you place that year? I think you were like fifth or something in cadets, weren't you? Yeah, I was fifth. I don't know what year that was, but my last year in cadets, I was fifth. Yeah. That was like 06. 06 or 07. Yeah, I remember we were back back to that weird bracket system. Yeah. And I remember going in to one of the matches and I have was like, you win this, you're gonna be an all-American because the buy is coming to you next. And I'm like, sweet, I get a buy next. Um at the point you're a kid, you're thinking, Oh, I get a buy next. Finally, I get a break. Because you know how Fargo works. They they want to wrestle one match on the first day and then eight the next day. So yeah. Yeah. um but yeah, and I ended up winning that match and uh, just an All-American. I think from that moment on, um, I think a, a switch had flipped. And I would now I'm an All-American. Now I, you know, started to build that confidence in myself. And there was a reason all the work was being put in at that point. You know what I mean? Is that like your ultimate aha moment for you? Because I don't know if you'd made the state tournament yet. You didn't make state till like your junior junior year, right? Yeah, junior year. So it was either the aha moment was either that at cadets and then whatever tournament that was called out in uh, Akron, uh, maybe it was Fila's. 
Yeah, um, it was Fila Cadets. Yeah, I think uh, Fila Cadets, um, it was either that next year when I went out and won that or placed the year before. It was one of those years where I was like, man, this is, uh, I'm actually getting pretty good at this. No lies, no lies told there. Okay, did you ever win the Brexville? Uh, yes, one time. Who'd you wrestle? Senior year. I wrestled a kid from Georgia. I uh, forgot his name. Was it Collins Hill? Collins Hill? No, no. Mina or Mena, Mena, something like that. Pope Collins. He might have went on the. He might have went on to play college college ball as well. He was a he was a massive human being. Dude, you wrestled a lot of massive human beings. Yeah, man. It's. It, listen here. You want to know what makes me feel really old? Yeah. Ryan Lang walked up to me. He got inducted into the Hall of Fame, the Ohio High School OHSA thing. Yeah. Like him and Joe McFarland and a couple other people um, this year. He walked up and he had this baby, this beautiful little girl. And I was like, oh, this isn't your kid, is it? And he goes, no, this is Kyle's kid. Yeah, man, Kyle. He's – it's Wait, insane. Kyle, is Kyle the one your age? Yeah, Kyle and I wrestled together for uh, – yeah, we, we graduated together. You were state champs together. Yeah, we were state champs together. It was uh, 2009, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I feel so old. Then he was like, oh, yeah, he's a doctor. I'm like, what? He's a doctor? He's like, yeah, he's Dude, he a is wicked. He, he is wicked smart. Super smart. Did you guys go to OU together? We did. Yeah, we ended up, uh, yeah, we went to OU together. When do you think, because I know he wasn't super into wrestling. He didn't wrestle all his years. No, he ended up coming up with a, um, he had a few concussions that kind of, um, I think he had so many that it kind of ended up uh, being disqualified or, or something based on uh, one of his um, tests that he had. And they got big, gigantic brains, the Langs do. Dude, they're really smart guys. Oh, yeah. All three really of them smart. are really smart. What's the youngest one? Troy? Uh, Troy, yeah. Troy. They're all super smart. Troy's doing something right now. He told me what Troy was doing. I was like, oh, my God, Troy's freaking yeah. smart, too. He's like a physical therapist or something. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, man. Ryan, yeah, because Ryan, if you talk to Ryan, you obviously know Ryan is, like, highly intelligent. Yes, really smart. Like, really smart guys. And then Kyle. Kyle, like, smashed somebody in the state finals. He, like, pinned somebody in, like, under a minute, I want to say. Was it um, a kid from Hilliard-Davison or, or Darby, one of those Hilliard it was, schools? Yeah, I, I believe so. I believe so. And then he did a backflip. Yeah. Who did you beat in the state finals? I wrestled Jamie Meter from Parma Valley Forge. So you did beat – meter in the state finals yeah funny story with 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 meter man and um so my sophomore year i make it to the district tournament and that's a big deal for me it was my first year to start and i think i went like oh and two but first round of that tournament i pulled jamie meter and he smashed me dude like i think he pinned me in the first period it wasn't even competitive um i go on to to go oh and two or one and two there the next year i get to the state tournament and i've won the district and first round, I pulled Jamie Meter, who ended up, I think he defaulted the fourth. He had some kind of injury going on. Man, I lose a barn burner in overtime. Um, and I lose to him in the first round. I battle back to get seventh. Senior year, state finals, Jamie Meter from, from Valley Forge. Um, and third time's a charm, I guess. But dude, um, I guess I, dude, that's insane. Because think about that. So many people, I know it's really hard to beat somebody three times. I get that. But when a guy's an NFL guy and he's physically superior, like that guy, and you're you, oh, yeah. you're you, dude, you're six foot, 
probably about 225, 230, 240 at the biggest, like in high school, yeah. right? Yeah. And you just do a wrong motor guy and you couldn't make mistakes. Because if you make mistakes or you try to go upper body, a guy like that's going to crunch you. You get like crunch. Oh, yeah. And you're a leg attack guy. And like I'm saying, you're picking, you're picking, you're pulling, you're hand fighting, right? You got a yeah. little room for air because the guys are so much bigger than you. It's just like, dude, you and Kuhn, you and Kuhn are not the same frame of human. No. No, it's like you get my point, right? And I understand, I like love that about heavyweight because you can have a Kyle Snyder, Russell Lacoon, right? And NCAA finals. And yeah. It's fun to watch, but. Dude, you're getting smashed by these people. They're murdering you. <laughs> They're rolling yeah. you up. How do you even get in your mind that you can beat that guy a year later, two years later? And, and listen, you didn't have this like big youth career like most kids have. Oh, uh, yeah, we've been wrestling at Garfield Heights and Cuyahoga Heights every Sunday at OIWA, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of these kids that have these rivalries that go, that, that expand, that are just. Dude, like, I remember there's a video of Jaggers wrestling Pacello, and they're, when they're, they're like yeah. little kids, right? You, you know what I'm saying, right? You yeah. didn't have that. You didn't have that. And then these guys are just completely just smashing you. How do you turn the corner? Where, is the, where do you find the belief system to turn things around where you're, you're getting murdered by these guys? How do you believe that? Where do, what, what, what even gets you to that mindset to beat those guys? Uh, just setting small goals, I think, you know, just knowing that like, all right, well, if I got smashed the last time, let's see if I can make it to the second period the next time. Or, oh, let's see if we can get on the board. Let's see if I can get escape. I don't know, just making yourself small goals. And um, honestly, I, I pretty much bought into a lot of what the coaches were telling me. And uh, they thought, or they at least pretended to think that I could beat those guys. And, um, and I believed that. I just knew eventually what had happened. So is Billy Vaughn older or younger than you? He's younger, so he was a year below me. What's wild is a guy who is everybody's size that we're talking about, Billy, the Bulldozer's a monster, dude. Bulldozer. Bulldozer's like 6'6", six, six, 300 pounds. Yeah, man. He's massive, right? And that was your training partner. So he wrestled one year of varsity. He was behind you the whole time, right? He makes yeah. the state finals as a senior with no varsity experience. How about that? No, man. It, it, was, it was pretty wild. And I knew – you know, Billy would do well if, if, if I wasn't in the lineup or if he had beat me, he, he would do, he would do well as well. You know, just a, just a massive human being. Massive. And he, you know, he figured out how to wrestle. And that was Bazzelli was the year after you, right? Yep. He lost in the final to Bazzelli. Dude, I remember I, you know, I have all these matches and watched them and it's hard to keep it straight though. I don't have the Todd Haver, Haverdale, uh, encyclopedia brain you know what i mean like he, i i do but i don't i mean that guy really remembers yeah. stuff like that guy is i mean he is he is honed and he's locked in and he's you know he's just nose born me smarter than me got more brain more brain up brain cells right um but that says a lot about their program man what are you gonna do let's 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 transition let's talk to let's talk aurora let's talk aurora right you're already yep. set up pretty good with aurora right you got yeah. a bunch of really good guys coming back. I mean, you, you lose, obviously, one of the best guys in the country, pound for pound, right, yeah. and fish back. You know, we get that. It was Cuervo is done too, right? Yeah, and then Lillard, Lillard's done as well. Lillard's done. Lillard's, dude, Lillard's a freak. Yeah, he's a, he, he is a freak of nature, totally athletically, freak of nature. technically, all of it, yeah. Yes, he's, his balance, his flexibility is what's really crazy about Lillard. Yeah. 
but they had a really great team. Coach Ryba did a great job. I owe Coach Ryba a shirt. I'm not in forget about him. Coach Ryba watches us. I owe him either. I'll probably get him one of these too, a BA hour shirt. I'm going to have to get you one. But I owe Coach Ryba a shirt. They had a great season. They edged uh, Louisville out for the runner-up, right? You're in a good spot. You're in a good yeah. spot. I think we got Johnny Green coming back. Yep. Um, who else? We got, you uh, well, we got um, Biz Jack from – he's a returning state uh, qualifier. We have a couple guys coming up from the middle school, um, a couple of middle school state place winners. Um, and guys. then you get, you get Johnny's little brother, Luke, who was kind of forced to wrestle – uh, 120 all year, even though he's been wrestling 106 all all off season. Johnny um, Green, behind, yeah, Johnny Green's brother Luke. Yeah. He was stuck behind Johnny at six, and then he couldn't beat Cuervo, so he went 20. He what weighing? I what, what I've been told he was weighing 106 soaking wet wrestling 120. He went made the districts, won some matches, and uh, so um, there's a lot of talent there. Um, even though there was a lot of kids that graduated, I, th I still think the talent is there. Um, and the, one of the most appealing things to me in the transition was their youth program that's been set up over the years. They get a ton of kids out. They have a great feeder program, JAWS program. And uh, I keep saying they, I should be saying we since I've been board approved. But yeah, <laughs> um, and it's just, I think if you have a, a great youth feeder program, uh, it makes kids excited about wrestling and um, you can get more kids to the next level. You can get next uh, more kids to the, the middle school level and then the high school level. I think that's where it all starts, man. And I know your boys are wrestling youth as well. So yeah, they, they took a, my son, Tommy took a whooping from uh he took a beating from, I don't know who the Aurora kids were Two Aurora kids. I mean, he's four I and mean, he was four. He was four and he didn't understand. He wasn't supposed to go to his back, but. Hey, no excuses. It's youth wrestling. Yeah, no you better excuses. be ready to go when you tow that line, right, Jeremy? Get off bottom. Come on, man. <laughs> it's the, the guy who started in eighth grade. I love it. <laughs> you Come never on, man. We worked on this in practice. I love it. Uh, here's what's crazy. Uh, my, my son, Ferdinand, wrestled. I don't know if you know Coach Wolf. He's the assistant coach at uh, uh, Maple Heights. His kids are mm. in the uh, – do, you know, do you know Coach Wolf? Yeah, I know Coach Wolf, yeah. Yeah, Coach Wolf's good, dude. He wrestled in Indiana for Coach Goldman. Um, Ferdinand wrestled his son, and that was the last match Ferdinand wrestled. Ferdinand wrestled his son, and they scored 25 points in two minutes. <laughs> and oh we got gosh. there late, and I didn't know it was Wolf's kid. Oh, I didn't know man. it was Andrew Wolf's son. I'm like, oh, no. I didn't know. And then Wolf afterwards like, yeah, that's my oldest kid. And I was like, well, how old is he? And he's like, well, he's seven. Well, Ferdinand was five at the time, and we showed up late, and it was all bad dad move, and these dudes. So then he got wigged out, and he didn't want to wrestle the rest of the year in competition. He went to practice. He just didn't want to wrestle yeah. any competitions. I was like, dude, I don't even care. If you don't want, you don't want to wrestle anymore, don't hurt my feelings. Yeah. Um, but we did a um, – it was a crazy match. It was fun, and they do a really good job of that OIWA, which you'll probably see next year. It's yeah. cool. Aurora host, um, Kyle Heights hosted, I think Streetsboro hosted. Beachwood host and it's just a youth thing where you pair kids up and it's kind of low yeah. I like that and you know so you, you don't really know much about that stuff like you not you know as a, a young coach but you you didn't yeah. go through it right no I did not go through it. I've only like really coached through it over the past few years here in Avon did it hurt you or help you in your opinion going out in eighth grade as a butterball hurt you or help you not having all that experience as a youth wrestler 
Ah, oh, man, you could look at it both ways. I think you could, man, you would, you would think if I actually would have stuck with it when I showed up to that practice in fifth grade, um, would I have been a little bit better or would I have been burned out by the time I got out of high school? I don't know. Um, but, um, I'd like to think coming from humble beginnings and starting out and having to learn the hard way sometimes I made me better as a person, but it's different for everybody. What did your mom do for a living? She is a nurse's aide. So your mom was a nurse's aide and she'd raised you and your sister. Yep. And you guys didn't, I mean, dude, Brexville is, it's pretty high end. Yeah, we were right on the border of North Royalton and Broadview Heights. We're in, a, in a, uh, the Seneca Apartments over there, um, right off of uh, Royalton Road. Yep, so we were almost Royalton, but it was Broadview Heights. So, you, you know what I mean? Like, when you go there, do you see that some of the kids aren't living in apartments and they live in big, huge houses? How, did, how does that make you feel growing up as a kid? Uh, you know, I don't think I thought too much of it. I just thought, you know, a lot of my friends were from that same apartment area. So, you know, I didn't think anything of it. I, I kind of, uh, not that I was jealous. Um, I just I was like, wow, these people got a lot of money. I don't have much money, <laughs> but, um, it didn't come from a place of like ill will or anything. Yeah. I can tell you, I was raised by some dirty hillbillies. <laughs> and like all our stuff was grubby i remember like all like my best friend uh growing up uh he had you know it was him and his sister it was him and his sister and i remember his parents would take him school shopping yeah. and he had all the nice stuff his stuff was yeah, super man. nice my stuff was all fifth i got all uh furred and chad's hand-me-downs is what i got right it like sucked and it like everybody knew you're kind of like a poor stinky hillbilly like where i was from stopped <laughs> and it kind of like treated you like that and i was like this kind of sucks but i don't think we're yeah. poor i think my dad made a good living i just think like i was the fifth kid and my parents were sick of raising kids so they were just like yeah, yeah here's some stuff leave us alone here's some old here, here. where your brother's now. old a6 shoes that are i had to like i had a brother for it was pigeon toed he was pigeon toed and I had another brother who walked on the side of his feet so i would get shoes the toes are all worn out. Rolled over. I'm like, this sucks, dude. My first real <laughs> pair of shoes. My mom bought me a pair of Asics for seventh grade track. They were the best, and they were cool too. They were like white and navy. Are they were the, the? I've tried to find them ever since, but now I got like a wide old man foot. So I yeah. Anyway, so but like yeah, I never had new. It sucked, man, and I know everybody knew you were like a dirty hillbilly. So that sucked for me, dude. That sucked. Yeah, me. man. You it doesn't sound like you had the same thing. I don't think everybody was like looking down their nose at you. They were looking down their nose at me, but it wasn't because my dad was my dad was an iron worker. You know, he made pretty good yeah. money, and he traveled and he he made good he made a good living. And I just think it was like yeah. I was the fifth kid, and they were just like done. They were like we're sick of raising kids. Here's some stuff. Leave us alone. And I drove a crappy uh, Volkswagen Fox car with no rearview mirrors, and everybody would make fun of me and look like a shoebox. But <laughs> I'm not better. I'm not mad. I just knew, dude, my best friend is still spoiled. My best friend is still spoiled. My dad or his dad drove him on a truck 10 years ago when his dad retired from Jeep. They gave his dad a truck. His dad drove the new truck out to him. Oh my gosh. Gave it to him. 
and then drove his old truck back and like uh, fixed the new truck and gave it to like his son-in-law or something. Oh my goodness, dude! He Man. said it to me the other day. We were talking about it. He's like, I'm still spoiled. And then I think his, I think his mom gave him a van. I listen. I need this dude's setup. I need John Watkins' setup. He's tried to murder yeah, me on multiple rafting trips too. But, he's, got, okay. he's got it set up, man. He does got it set up, and he lives out in the Pacific Northwest, which is a which is a real beautiful place if you ever get a chance. Oh yeah, that's a lot of good hiking out there. Oh, uh, you're telling me. So okay, you 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 grow up in Brexville. You're not like the typical Brexville kid. Who kind of got you out in eighth grade? Who was the coach that really approached you and got you out? Well, Haverdo wouldn't leave me. He was a middle school gym teacher. He wouldn't leave me alone in seventh grade. So I, um, I actually went to the meeting and uh, walked in. And, man, I, I looked at everybody, and then I looked at myself, and I said, hell no, I'm not doing this. So I didn't go out my seventh grade year. Um, and then Haverdo was really pestering me that whole next year. And uh, Valenti, who was my science teacher, um, was the middle school coach, and he started pestering me. And so my friend and I decided to kind of say, hey, man, if you do it, I'll do it uh, type deal going into eighth grade. Um, he was a he was a, a doughboy just like me or so whatever you call it. Who me. was your friend? Um, who was it? Uh, I forgot his name. You don't um, even we remember the guy's name? No, man. Um, I think his name was Matt or something. Um, <laughs> you so we ended up going. We let, yeah. So we ended up um, going – together and um wrestling and you know typical kids i only drilled with him for like the first month yeah and then i was forced to not drill with him anymore because we weren't getting any work done um and coach mcpherson was on uh, was coaching that team as well um because I, I believe he stuck around to help out with that program as well um and it came down to Brexel had two teams. They had two middle school teams. They had like a gold and then a, a, a red or whatever. So I wasn't on the gold team. So it was my buddy and I who started the team together. We had to wrestle off to make the, the red team. Just so to get on the, the JV team. Yeah, it was the JV for the middle school team um, to go to whatever tournament we were going to. So I don't know. We're in a barn burner match probably just – looked like a sumo match and I ended up winning by one point uh, from that moment on he quit that day and I hadn't stopped wrestling so apparently you guys parted ways because you can't even remember his name yeah <laughs> that was the end of that friendship but it got you into wrestling so I think you're in a better spot um yeah man where do you live now I live in North Homestead do you live by Swenson's Yes, I live right down the street from Swenson's. Listen, get you a galley boy. Galley boys galley all day. Galley boys for days, right? Oh, man. Will you move? Will you eventually move or will you just commute over here to the east side? Um, I think eventually we'll move. I think right now the housing market's ridiculous. Um, so Absurd. I'm going Absurd. to. Yeah, I'm going to pause on that for a moment. Uh, the wife and I are, have kind of talked about, you know, a couple year plan of possibly moving out that way. Um, we love that area. We love the Aurora, Hudson, Chagrin Falls, um, you know. Auburn Township. Auburn Township, yeah. Maybe we could be neighbors someday. It's sweet, dude. Um, it's, I love it out here. But you always post videos of it snowing or, or raining, so I don't know, man. It, listen, that's, this is, that is Northeast Ohio. Stop it. You're like, hey, look, Coming it's from snowing. the guy. 
the guy who left Southeast Ohio to come back to Northeast Ohio. I don't want to hear it from you, dude. I left, I left Virginia to come back up here. <laughs> oh, that's right. You did. You left Blacksburg. But you, le- you, went, you know my point. You get my point. Yeah, like you left, you, you left Southeast Ohio. You went to Virginia. You went to what – what is that actually? Is it – Southeast Western, Ohio or Southeast, Southeast uh, Virginia? What is Virginia? it? Yeah. No, Southwest Virginia. Southwest Virginia. Yeah, Tony Roby will probably get mad at me for, for knocking that. but <laughs> I, Dude, it's beautiful down there, by the way. Yeah, man, we've a lot of good hikes down there. You got Dragon's Tooth. You got a, a lot of cool hikes down there. And I really actually started getting into hiking once I went down there. Dave Hoffman was the assistant there. I think he coaches at the Hill School in Pennsylvania now. But, you know, we would um, take a, um, after we were done with office work or whatever, or practice, we would, it took me a few times hiking. And I just kind of really fell in love with it, man. It was uh, some good spots to go hiking out that way it's it's beautiful man like it's blue ridge yeah. mountains it's pretty it's really nice over there i like it yeah. i like going over there when i get over there um my nephews are both at app state now dude boone north carolina's beautiful yeah it's unreal and i haven't even got to really hike around it much but like my nephew ian lives under a mile off the blue ridge parkway oh dude that's awesome it's so cool man um okay let's talk dad life let's talk hashtag yeah. This dad life. What's it like being a dad? How old is your daughter? She's four months on Saturday. She was four months this past Saturday. What's her name? Her name's Kinsley. Kinsley Johnson. The, the K-Train. Yeah. The K-Train, man. Tell me about She's being a, a dad. How, what's, how's it changed your life? It has changed my life completely. You know, I mean, as a coach, as a teacher, you're always doing for people. Um, but it's different when it's your own kid. Um, and it's, it's probably the most rewarding thing. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but it's the most rewarding thing just to see them uh, to, to grow, to learn. And, um, you know, those first couple of months is crazy how much they grow. Um, so she's, uh, she's going to be a pistol, I think, but like her dad. So that's good. That's good. Dude, listen, how you met your wife is crazy. The journey yeah. of you and your wife is like, that's because it's in this day and age. It's tough doing long distance relationships. We know that. Oh, man. oh yeah. But with with all the crazy apps and dating apps and all the stuff there is to do now. I mean, it's just like, it's hard to hang on to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I was, I mean, I was lucky. And you, you asked this question before is like, how did you balance everything? Man, it's, um, you know, with her, I think the best part was she was an athlete and she kind of got it too. If I would have just, you know, been dating somebody who really was never an athlete and never really understood it. I don't think it would have lasted too long. She, she was committed. I was committed. And uh, we kind of both knew, um, you know, it was that line in the sand that we both drew that we were really focused and committed on both sports. Dude, we're, we're at, we're coming up to short time here soon. We're going to be under 10 minutes soon. So I just want you to tell me this. There's a couple more things I want to get to you, get to before we finish. You don't have to do what you're doing for Avon. You don't have to run a freestyle practice like you're going to run tonight right? You don't have to do that. What's in you, man? Why do you do that? And why do you think you owe it to the kids at Avon? You could go and start focusing on Aurora, right? They hired you already. Why do you feel like you still owe the kids of Avon what you're going to do for them tonight? Well, you know, a lot of them have bought into freestyle, have bought into Greco, have bought into this off-season wrestling. And, um, you know, I don't know, a couple months ago, I didn't think that this would even be a thing. So um, I made a promise that we're going to train through the end of Memorial Day um, till the freestyle state tournament. And, you know, I'm going to stick to my promise. I, 
And I told them in a meeting, we, I actually pulled them out of school, uh, pulled them out of class last week on a Monday or Tuesday and had to break the news to them. Um, and I told them that, you know, hey, well, I'm going to see this thing through with you guys. And no, no matter what, like I'm coaching at a different school next year, but I want you to always think of me as a coach, a, a mentor, a teacher, and feel free to always reach out to me because, you know, that's the business we're in. You totally get relationships, man. A lot of people really don't. They really don't. And like the thing about it is most people would send a text out or they'd send an email out. You went and pulled that kid out of class individually to tell them you weren't going to be their coach next year. Yeah, it was a tough conversation, man. It's um, not one that, you know, I wish on anybody. So, but it's, it's, it's better that way face to face. And um, a lot of the kids, most of the kids really understood. A lot of the families understood. Um, that was just a better opportunity across the board for, for myself, but most importantly for the family. What were reactions? Give me, give me, give me your best or, or, or most neutral or yeah, like a kid was just uh, disappointed couple, or crushed and you could tell. A couple jaw drops um, and then a few tears on the way out. A couple kids were kind of emotional. So um, myself included, I think, I think there was a little bit of emotion there as well, but um, it was uh not the conversation that you want you want to have, but I mean, if change is hard on anybody, um, so I, I guess and uh, from just the outside looking in, I I think that that's a good thing that um, like an impact was made. So um, yeah, just just that type of conversation, man. It was uh, it was a tough one. Competing or coaching, which is easier. Oh. I, well, I used to think coaching would be easier, but I'm, when I think coaching is harder because you're dealing with so many different athletes, you're dealing with so many different families, everybody comes from a different walk of life. Um, so, and you have to treat every kid different um, in a way, not, not that you want to treat every kid different, but every kid's got something that's going to make them click. and. Um, I'm still figuring that out. I'm not a genius by any sorts of stretch of imagination. I've made my plenty of mistakes in my coaching career, but um, definitely, um, definitely coaching is a lot harder. Running a program is hard. And there's not too many people my age that want to do that anymore. There's, you know, people want to run clubs. They want to do technique. And, you know, when I first got into coaching, I was like, yeah, man, I'm just going to show high crotch, single, my unhook single. I'm going to show this. I'm going to show that. Um, and I learned that coaching is just not all running practice, showing technique. There's just a lot more that goes into it. It's like, yeah, like what you just said, when you got a club, you're not booking buses. You're not dealing with the janitors. You're not no. dealing with your administration. There's so much more to what you just said. There's fundraising. There's dealing with angry parents. There's dealing with happy parents. There's dealing with overbearing parents. There's dealing with non-parents, which means you become like a father or, you know, figure to the kids. Yeah. As you know, I mean, it, it's just not easy. I just don't think people get how tough coaching is. And like you just said, it shows because we're in a super coach shortage, right? We're in a coaching shortage. Yeah. We're in a coaching shortage and that's just, look, we're in an official shortage. We're in an everything shortage. I mean, we're yeah, going to go to a restaurant tonight after this, and we won't have our, our services slow tonight. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's that age of that right now, post COVID 
there's just a lot of, uh, going on in people's lives. Their their uh, where their priorities are. And dude, like you're saying, you're you're about service though. You're about helping. You're about like helping people develop. Because that's what you yeah. know, Todd Haverdale and Coach McPherson, Coach Frito, and all those you know all those guys did for you at Brexville. Hey, was Scott Detray ever your coach? Scott Detray was yeah, he was a middle school coach for me. Um, yeah, he's Detray man. I love Detray. I don't. I want if the next time I see him, I'm gonna punch him in the face because I was a freshman in high school when he was a senior. Oh, he let Scott you have it. Scott Detray didn't he? committed no less than a hundred felonies on me. That dude. Listen, one day he key locked me. Oh and he yeah. Fell right on his back, and I'm like, I got him. I got him, and I landed on his elbow. Dude, I thought I broke my sternum. I thought oh he God. broke my sternum because it was bizarre. And then he he kept going with it, and he kept and he arched me through and put me on my back and pinned me, of course. Dude, D <laughs> for a second there though. For a oh, I had him. There. I was like, I got him. Got the broken <laughs> sternum, and I need a new chest plate. But you know, I got him. Yeah. He uh, and Scott Detray used to smash my brother Tate, like just kick the tar out of both of us, all of us, every day. He was a and he cut he cut a bunch of weight. It was real weird. Yeah. He cut a bunch of weight and he went to the wrong weight class and he took fifth and my brother was the weight class above and my brother couldn't, could not carry Scott Dietrich's book bag. And my brother won the weight. My brother won the weight above. He was a junior. Scott was a senior and Scott took fifth. Wow. And a good dude. Scott, Scott Dietrich's a real yeah. good dude. He's a great, um, he's, he's an administrator for Brexville and um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome you know, he's guy, just, man. just great an dude. awesome dude. But listen, you know, Mean and felonious to me as an 18-year-old, I'll tell you that much. Thought he broke my chest. <laughs> Thought it broke my chest, my chest plate. Um, when do you get in? Do you go to Fargo this summer? What's the summer look like for you? And when do you jump into the Aurora, uh, training your guys, running open? Uh, we kind of cut out there a little bit, but um, the plan is to um, – kind of cut. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I got you. Okay. You kind of cut out a little bit. Um, the, the plan is once summer's out for Avon, which we go a little bit later um, here in Avon, we go till about the 8th or 9th of June. Um, that's when I'll make my transition. Um, still going to coach the, you know, coach the kids that I, I've been working with at, at Freestyle State this weekend, but uh, we'll be rolling into some open mats and some lifting over in Aurora this summer. Um, get that ship rolling and um, hopefully do some camps and whatnot out there. Will you drive every day in the summer? Uh, every day, probably not. I think well, because um, my wife's back at work now, so I'm on daddy daycare um, for a few days a week. We do send her to daycare, so on the days that I send uh, the, the daughter to daycare, I'll, I'll head out to Aurora. So I think it's going to be three or four days a week. I'll be heading out there. Um, so that's kind of the overall plan. I just, you know, the transition just needs to be made, um, and. That'll be a little bit easier. Saying goodbye here and then um, saying hello there, um, kind of make that transition and get the get the ball rolling with them. Fargo was the question. Do you do Fargo this year as a coach? I want to, um, but um, that's still up in the air. My wife, like I mentioned, my wife's back at work, um, so I'm still the freestyle director. So I'm still kind of organizing staff, organizing camp, um, doing a lot of those organizational things. Um, 
So I'm still contacting all the coaches, but it's going to almost be not that I want to say it like this, but it's almost going to be a game time decision uh, whether I'm able to go to Fargo or not. Um, but as of right now, you know, if if somebody's got to be there, to watch my daughter. That comes first. When's the next kid coming? Oh, man. Pump the brakes there, man. Uh, <laughs> man. Uh, um, it'll be a little bit. I mean, I hear one's tough, but I hear two. You you got to switch to – you got to go from zone defense to, to man defense, and I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Listen, the Mattons oh, told me the worst part is when you get outnumbered. The Mattons are like, once you get outnumbered, it's it's terrible. <laughs> I don't think they think it's terrible. I think that it's it's real hard, though, once you get outnumbered because it's like they had four boys. It's a lot of work, man. Yeah. Oh, man, boys, too. So. Ugh. Yeah, we definitely plan on having more, but um, not for, for a little bit. We're just going to enjoy our time with the daughter and uh, and um, cross that bridge when we get to it. Will you let your daughter wrestle if she wants to? I don't think that's a question for me. Um, my, my, my wife says no, absolutely not. Um, me, I want her to do whatever makes her happy, but um, I think she'll end up being a swimmer just like her mom. Okay. And I'd be cool with that. I love it, dude. Swimming's, How long swimming's a rest? life skill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. You, cause if you stop swimming and you're in the water, <laughs> turns out you float or you, you sink and then you die. Yeah. So that's a thing. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, it's a thing. It is. So it's a thing. my I kids like go that. to the goldfish swim school so that they take care of that. And my oldest kid can swim. And now we're going to take the youngest one in. hopefully not the oldest, but we'll see. Um, what do you do tonight at practice, right? Like you're, you're, you're in this like kind of weird gray area right now. I know you're giving them all you got, right? You're training hard. Someone's going to get pushed and hand fighted a lot, hand fought a yeah. lot. What do you do tonight? Well, with, with, you know, I just treat it per normal. It's, it's just, you know, the kids, the kids that are coming to practice tonight know that they have a competition this weekend. So it's going to be drilling. It's going to be transitioning. It's going to be uh, teaching a little bit, but at this point, the work's pretty much done in terms of freestyle. Um, and um, just really, you know, seeing this thing through with them. That's kind of what I keep saying, but we're going to see it through and uh, um, got to finish it right here. You have Doherty on your team, right? You have Doherty kid as a senior. Yeah, Doherty is going to Roanoke College. He's going to wrestle for Nate Yetzer. Yeah, um, his and dad I and I were college teammates. His, I, his dad was a fifth-year senior when I was a freshman. His dad was a state champ for Ravenna, right, Steve? Yep, Steve. Yeah, he was. Uh, Steve was on our staff this year at um, here in Avon. So yes. he was good. He's a great dude. Steve's a nice guy. The kid looks just like him too. Yes, he does. Um, kid looks. I was like, oh my god, looks just like that guy. He's a Ravenna Raven, I believe. He is, yeah. He, That's crazy. He'll have to sit down and tell you the story of uh, when they wrestled. Um, <sighs> I should know this, and he'll correct me tonight because he's going to be at practice. Right, Coventry um, or someone they, like that. They were wrestling Balls. Coventry, man, and it was a. They were like Division One and Division, or I think one of them was number one in D one. The other one was number one in D two, and. It got pretty spicy after the duel, and there was some people had to get split up. Fist fight. Say fist fight. Fist fight. There was a fist fight. So I'm totally butchering the story, and he tells it way better than I do. But um, he uh, he's a great dude, and um, 
he made he helped a lot this year as he was on staff since both of his boys were on our team and uh, uh it was nice having him on staff i remember i was a freshman and this dude was running sprints and he blew his knee out but he's like it's my last year and he like he rustled the last like six or eight weeks it might have been longer with a blown out knee and i think he took like second or third in the max so he's a tough guy man that's insane. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. Was, yeah. Knee injuries do. They, they, they'll take your legs out from underneath you. Like literally you just, you can't do much. And I don't know, dude, you've been pretty healthy though. Haven't you? Yeah. I had a little shoulder. I didn't knock on wood. Watch. I'm going to get hurt tonight. Now that you said that, but, oh, um, um, no, no surgeries, um, knock on wood. So, you know, I've had, I've had after college, my back and my, my lower back, my whatever C, whatever on the lower back was was bothering me. So I had a cortisone shot, had to do some rehab on it. Um, but it's it's feeling better now and just wear and tear, you know, knees click and shoulder clicks. But I know, um, like, I, I know, like trust Green, me, I know. Um, like Greenlee said, nothing was wrong until you went to the doctor. So <laughs> Greenlee. I'm, I'm not going to the doctor. <laughs> Typical Greenlee. <laughs> Listen, we're at the hour, but I have one last question. Will you toe the line and strap up against Ohio University heavyweight Jordan Greer? Your guy, your coach, Um, will you still uh, wrestle with him? First off, he's getting massive. They had him at 97 this year for like a cup of coffee, and then I saw him in the dual meet. Dude, he's huge. He's got to be 240. Um, I, I can um, confirm that statement because we wrestled a week and a half ago while he was home after finals. And, um, and he's um, no comment. Um, he got the better of me, man. I got you, know, huh? I'm going to have a list of excuses here. I have a ton of list of excuses here about, you know, you know, I wasn't warmed up. The drill was too hard, um, but he got the better of me. And um I guess I'm proud to say that in a way. That's good. Also, Listen, a lot of these humble. people hang on to it. Like when I asked the Burnettes or the Jordans, those guys don't want to cede anything to their kids. And I know Jordan's not your kid, but like you're the one who helped that guy really jump levels, right? Yeah. And then he was the COVID year. I think you could have won the way this co- the COVID year, right? Um, obviously, he would have been a threat to win the weight. And then he goes to OU. He gets massive. He grows out of 197. He did not qualify this year, though. No, he, uh, he wrestled okay. He, he upset the, the kid in the first round. And then he lost a really close one in the quarterfinal. He, would have been, he was on the same side as Stencil. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I think they were taking two, maybe three from the weight. So it, it, it wasn't out of the realm of possibility. I think he would have had to wrestle really well. Yeah. But, man – that that conference has just gotten so much tougher with the addition of the team. So um, I think, and I'm biased, I think, you know, his best wrestling is ahead of him. And I Yeah, think, I mean, no know. question. If you know the sport, right, like when I watch him, I'm like, this guy's going to be a problem. This yeah, guy's going to be a problem. You know, and it's a, it's a golden era of heavyweight right now, as you know, obviously. Yeah. It's as good as it's yeah. ever been, right? I mean, it, it's incredible. And he's you know, he been a problem. Yeah. And the type of kid Jordan is, he was home for finals and this dude came up every day that we had freestyle practice and he would grab the kids in the room who just started wrestling and he would work on them with technique. And, um, he's just that type of kid. And, um, you know, there's no ego to him. He's a hardworking kid. And, um, you know, I think that's what's going to push him to the elite level is, you know, 
being humble and just working his tail off. Yeah, I'm pretty high on that guy. I think that guy's really good. I think a lot of that guy. I mean, I think that guy is going to be – I think that guy could be an All-American. I don't think there's any question about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I texted Listen. Greeley and I said, hey, dude, um, Jordan just got the better of me. Um, I'm not going to tell you what the score was. And he's just like, he, that dude's freaking good. And I was like, I know. <laughs> Listen, Greenlee's another guy that, that he don't, they don't, those old timers don't like to admit when they got got. Oh, yeah. They don't like that. I like this new, I like this new age guy who doesn't mind admitting his guy got him. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with admitting your guy got you. And this is on a podcast, so it's not going, it's going to be online forever. Hey, it's going to be there, right? So, okay. <laughs> Go out and check out, uh, barbarianapparel.com at www.barbarianapparel.com jeremy johnson do you have anything else for me we're about nine minutes away from your practice that you're yep. running tonight at avon do you have anything else for me um no i just thank you for your time zeb you do a great job with the sport um i mean i'm really excited for the transition to aurora i think there's some great possibilities there i'm excited to you know roll the sleeves up and get to work and um i want to thank avon for all they've done for me in the past seven years here i've learned i've developed as a coach and um you know uh, i just want to thank everybody that's been along for the ride here in avon and uh, thank you hey thank you for the time good luck to you moving forward we'll see you when you get over here when you move over to auburn township and right, uh we'll, we'll, we'll shovel snow together <laughs> hey thanks for the time good luck brother all right all right man take care